Well, it's another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast on this uh, Saturday night on the road back from Madison. Uh, and it's the familiar storyline in the Purdue-Wisconsin series. Wisconsin wins. And they win for the 16th straight time. And you ask yourself, will Purdue ever beat Wisconsin again? I'm sure it'll happen. Will it happen in my lifetime? Sure doesn't look like it uh, right now. Uh, Wisconsin has a hold, has a hex on Purdue. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> they run the ball well. Uh, they have a nice offensive line. They have great running backs. Uh, and Purdue just cannot stop it. Purdue doesn't have that kind of infrastructure in place to stop it. You know, they can stop other teams, but they can't stop Wisconsin for whatever reason. Uh, so, another loss, but a couple couple storylines moving forward that I think are important and I think it's important to keep in perspective here um, despite the loss you know Purdue can still win the Big Ten West by winning out okay now a win would have been nice today to give you a little bit of a cushion and a, a victory over Wisconsin for Purdue would have been a nice uh, confidence booster going into the month of November and all that kind of stuff. But a loss is not devastating by any stretch of the imagination. It is, you know, you're still, you know, Purdue still kind of status quo as far as what it needs to do. Uh, it still needs to beat Illinois. That is the top priority after you play Iowa. Uh, if, you, if Purdue would lose to Iowa, then uh, that Illinois game takes on more more meaning at that point, depending on what else has happened, what else happens these next two weeks. But Purdue still controls its path to the Big Ten West title, went out and they'll win it. I mean, it's just, it's pretty simple. Uh, it sounds simple, but it's not. But Illinois, Illinois is in the same position. You know, they're thinking went out. You know, they have... Nebraska next week, while Purdue's on its off week, uh, and then I believe they have Michigan State same day Purdue plays Iowa, and then Purdue and Illinois play on November twelfth. Uh, Illinois has to go to Michigan, and then they finish with Northwestern. They have the tougher road uh, than Purdue because Purdue has Iowa, Illinois, and Northwestern and Indiana. Uh, so Purdue has a better path. But can they get there? And that leads me into the second thing that I think is probably more important than the first thing is that what will Purdue's secondary look like on November 5th? You know, Corey Trice goes out on the first series. I don't know if it was a shoulder. Uh, he was walking on the sideline, running and jogging on the sideline. Uh, but he didn't have his helmet and he didn't return. Jamari Brown left at the end of the first half and did not return. You had Camden Childers, Childers a receiver walk-on who was moved to cornerback um, either last spring or this training camp. He was playing there. Javon Grisby got a couple of snaps at cornerback. 
I thought the best solution for Purdue was to move Sanusi Kane to cornerback and use Bryce Hampton at safety because Kane had to start the bowl game last year when Diedrich Mackey was academically ineligible and and played pretty well. Uh, so I don't I don't know if it's a situation where they don't trust Bryce Hampton because uh, if you remember he he's the one that got beat at Syracuse didn't play the next game and then came back and played against Minnesota and Maryland and Nebraska and he played he played today too but I, I thought that might have been the way that they went but they didn't uh, but if Trice and Brown are out even for the Iowa game uh, Purdue has serious problems back there they already have serious problems back there when they're at full strength because this secondary has lost its way. And not that they were great earlier in the year, because they were not, but Trice seemed to be coming in to his own at the Minnesota game, didn't play with a knee brace for the first time, didn't make a tackle, didn't really have a stat, but was involved in a lot of plays, had a chance to make some interceptions, didn't but played well. His coverage was good, uh, and he had, you know, he had a, a really good all-around game. And I thought that would continue into Maryland, and it did until the end of the first half, where there was a coverage bust, and the tight end ran behind him, and Maryland tied tied the game. But then last week, everything just kind of fell apart for the secondary, where Nebraska's receivers were running behind them all night, um, and then you flip to today. Same thing happened on the first drive. There were Wisconsin receivers open, and a Purdue defender several steps behind. And, you know, Cam Allen has hit a rut here. And he's a better player, in my opinion, than what he showed these last two games. But for whatever reason, it's is it the scheme? Is it something else you know guys are beat up they've played eight straight weeks with no off week you know that's that's what happens in college football that's why depth is really important and Purdue kind of rolled the dice this year starting the season knowing it didn't have a lot of depth in the secondary Uh, and you've lost you know you didn't have Chris Jefferson today for the second straight game Uh, that that is hurting if you can get him back for the Iowa game, that improves the situation a little bit. Maybe then you move Sanusi Kane to cornerback, let Chris Jefferson play safety along with Cam Allen. And then you have Reese Taylor and Sanusi Kane as your cornerbacks. Again, but you, those guys are going to have to play every single snap. And that's that's hard to do in November. Uh, and, and teams are just going to pick on them left and right. They just are. You know, Sanusi Kane is undersized for a cornerback. And when you come up against big, big receivers, big-sized receivers, that's going to, you know, that's going to play a role. So, you know, Purdue is in a world of hurt in the secondary right now. Somewhat based on its play, but also... Who's not going to be available? And that—that that is the biggest concern. That is probably the biggest hurdle 
right now for Purdue winning the Big Ten West is what happens in the secondary. And I know they're not they're not playing pass happy teams here in November. You know, Iowa barely can you know move the ball. You know, it needs its defense to score to have a shot. Uh, Illinois is more of a run team. They're a mini version of Wisconsin, which is no surprise because their coach used to be at Wisconsin, where they run the ball and they play good defense. And they don't they don't stretch the field as much. They will and they can. But if they see that there's openings there on play action passes, they're gonna they're gonna test them. And they're gonna try to go over the top of Purdue. You know, Northwestern, for all its struggles, they they seem to play well when they're an underdog. Uh, they they took Maryland down to the wire today, I believe. And then you got Indiana at the end if Purdue even gets to that point where they're in a position where they need that game to win the Big Ten West. Um, so the secondary in itself is the, the number one concern right now going into this off week and seeing who's, who might be available. Are these injuries long-term? Is it something that they can get back from in two weeks? You know, does Chris Jefferson return in two weeks? I would, you know, my guess would be yes, but, um, you know, it's just, it's so hard to say. Uh, Because he's not dealing with an injury. He's dealing with his own personal mental health issues. And you have to wait on him to be comfortable to want to return to the program and then contribute. You know, who knows what's going to happen in that area. You know, Purdue, yes, Purdue needs a better pass rush, but that's not how this defensive line is is built. And, you know, and that's the other thing that that happened today. They lost their, their top player, their top sack master, Cadron Jenkins. It didn't look good for him uh, as he's being helped off the field. I mean, he led the team in sacks coming into today. He's been very productive off the edge, playing the Leo defensive end, uh, linebacker position. Uh, so that means Scotty Humpage gets more snaps at that play at that position, and does Yanni Karloftis move up to the to the backup role? Uh, you know, Jack Sullivan had a sack today. Uh, so, but the, that defensive line is just it's not put together, and, and and they want more sacks. They want more pressure on the quarterback. They want all those things. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, they just don't have that guy, that consistent guy back there or on there that is going to do that for you. And Jenkins was the closest thing you had. Now, if he's out even for the Iowa game or, or longer, you know, that's that's a crushing blow. You know, they have they have a lot of depth there, but it keeps getting eaten away about, you know, every week. And there's only so much that you can do and so much that they can survive on. Uh, but it, you know it, that that's a that's going to be a real concern for this team. Do they have enough to put together a four-game winning streak in November, knowing some of the injury obstacles they have to overcome to win the Big Ten West? Uh, to me, it's you know that's that's the biggest question right now. 
And can they avoid the mistakes that that are happening? I mean, Aiden O'Connell, the two interceptions today were, were killers. You know, a crushing pick six on Purdue's second series or second play. And all of a sudden it's 14 nothing, and you're playing uphill. And then it's 21 nothing, and you're really playing uphill. And Purdue could never really get comfortable on offense because Wisconsin had Purdue right where it wanted it. In tough down and distance situations, even though Purdue had a, you know, Devin Mockaby had another good game on the ground, even though he was running the ball well, I think Wisconsin was content on letting that happen to, to, an, to an extent. But they just didn't want to get beat over the top. And, you know, Purdue is, hasn't done that a whole lot here recently. They've, they've gone to a shorter passing game. Let's take what the defense gives us type of thing. I thought the middle was open today for for early in the game. And Purdue exposed it a little bit. But I, I thought the middle was there with Payne Durham and whoever else you want to put in the middle. So... Um, but, you know, Purdue didn't go to it enough. You know, Purdue didn't, you know, when you look at the numbers from an offensive standpoint, Purdue did not have a bad game. 431 total yards, uh, 35 minutes of time of possession. You have another 100-yard rusher. Um, O'Connell completes 62% of his passes, I believe, which is not great for O'Connell standards, but still good enough. You know, Charlie Jones catches 10 balls. Now, a lot of those came late when Purdue was down. Uh, but, I mean, their numbers offensively were not that bad. It's not like they got completely shut down. But they were not very good on third down. I think 5 of 16. And then they had to go for it on fourth down on numerous occasions because they were behind 21 to nothing. You know, you don't get a field goal early when it's 14 nothing. You know, if you can make that 14 to 3 and then... You know, maybe the second field goal you get, you know, gets you to 21 to 6, and you just kind of chip away a little bit. Similar to what happened in the bowl game last year where Purdue got stalled in the red zone but kept kicking field goals to maintain their lead and put points on the board. But, you know, when when Fenner missed the the short field goal, you know, that kind of, I mean, I felt like that deflated Purdue a little bit. Uh, and then Wisconsin goes right down and scores, and it's 21 nothing. And everything that you kind of game planned for was over. You had to, you had to, you had to look at it a different way. And not that you had to throw the ball on every down, but you, you had to, you had to adjust because you got behind so quickly. And and again, you Purdue was playing uphill all all the all the way. Uh, so when you look at the numbers, they're not going to be bad, but three turnovers leading to 14 points and the bad third down numbers and the numerous times you've got to go for it on fourth down um, really put you know the offense in a bind where the numbers just don't really reflect what happened. O'Connell had a uh, had a bad game. I mean he just did uh, the two the two interceptions uh, to, to Torcio, the, the safety from Wisconsin. I mean, they were thrown right to him. I mean, they hit him right in the numbers. And Aiden admitted afterwards he didn't see him on the first one. Uh, but those are things that got to get cleaned up. And I, you know, I do think, and nobody, 
nobody in that program will admit this, but I think Wisconsin's in their head, and, have, and they have been in their head for, you know, many years. Not just Jeff Brom's, not just Jeff Brom's teams, other teams. I mean, they've been in their head, and I still think they're in their head, and Purdue can't, for whatever reason, solve them. Now, they've played them close in a couple games. They've, you know, Brom's first year up at Madison, 17-9. to uh, you know, the triple overtime game a few years ago uh, at ross Stadium. But this was Purdue's best chance going into a game to beat Wisconsin because the Badgers have uh, been struggling. They've lost, they had lost their identity a little bit. And for Purdue to get down 21 nothing and take a punch in the mouth and not really recover, uh, and when they've played so well on the road, this year at Minnesota and at Maryland, uh, but I, I I think this is just more about the opponent that Wisconsin is just a horrible horrible matchup for Purdue. It has been over the last two decades, and your best option now is when divisions go away in 2024. Purdue's not going to play Wisconsin every year. I mean that's 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 kind of what you're hoping for right now because. I don't see a scenario over the next few years where Purdue's going to beat Wisconsin because Jim Leonard's going to get the coaching job. He's going to restock the the player talent, uh, and they're going to get back to being who Wisconsin needs to be. And he's going to make sure that that happens. Uh, so Purdue, there's not many wins coming with Purdue against Wisconsin. And you won't play them every year in a non-division schedule format, but you're going to see them enough that they're going to be a pain in your butt and you're just not going, you just, right now Purdue's just not going to beat them. And, you know, the biggest thing today was not only Purdue lose the game, and again, it's not that damaging when it comes to the Big Ten West, but just the number of injuries that Purdue suffered today and how long those guys are going to be out. Uh, that's the biggest takeaway and the biggest concern you have to have going into this off week and then getting ready for Iowa. You know, Maybe the injuries to Trice and Brown won't be season ending. You know, Maybe they get back for the Iowa game. But you know, we're not going to know that for a few days, if that, and it's a, it's a real, real, you know, concern. You know, Devin Mockaby was good again on the, on the ground. I mean, he's clearly their number one back, but, you know, they're going to get Dylan Downing back for the Iowa game. He's going to help with the depth. Um, but, you know, Devin Mockaby is your number one running back right now, and he needs to get a bulk of the carries. And that's just the way it is. And Purdue needs to ride him. They need to ride those crazy legs as long as as long as he will allow them. Um, and then kind of go from there. Purdue still needs balance. It can't do it in one area alone. Um, so just, you know, a lot of, you know, there's, the, as I said earlier, the concerns to me, is just the health of this team and what happens in the secondary. 
if you remember in the spring, they put backup quarterbacks at cornerback because they didn't have any bodies because guys were out. Trice was out. Brown was out. You know, they just didn't have any more bodies. So does any of those backup quarterbacks start working at that position this week to see if there's anybody, anybody that can help in that regard? And, you know, Purdue, I, I, I think, is desperate right now when it comes to that position. They are, de- they are in desperate situation. Brandon Callaway wasn't even dressed today, and he's a cornerback. I mean, at some point, you got to give some guys a shot. And it, it's hard. It's hard for this coaching staff. You know, unless you're an upper echelon player and you've done it time and time again, it is hard for this coaching staff to trust younger players that are somewhat borderline in their opinion. But at some point, you've got to, with this cornerback position, you've just got to tell guys to go play. And it's not going to be perfect, but you know what? It hasn't been perfect. The play in the secondary has been atrocious the last two weeks. So what's the difference? You put a guy in there that maybe in your mind's not ready to play, but the guys that you think are ready to play are playing like crap. And you can't, what do you want? At least if you put a guy in there that you don't think is fully ready to play, you can live with some, you know, in my opinion, you can live with some mistakes because you know the guy's not ready to play and just do what you can. That guy does what he can to, to help you win. But if you're going to put your veterans back out there and they're still going to get toasted and they're still going to get beat, then what what are you accomplishing here? So, you know, they've got to they've they've got to let go of some of the things that they believe in or or want to believe in and find some competent players back there that can can help them win. And whether this is a coaching thing, whether it's a talent thing, you know, whether it's a game planning thing, regardless of what it is, it has to get fixed. And you don't have a lot of time to fix it. Now, luckily you have two weeks to try to come up with something. And, you know, an Iowa doesn't scare you, but it just takes one guy getting behind somebody and they got a long touchdown. And the way that Iowa plays defense, you know, that could be the difference in a game. You know, you know Purdue, could, Purdue probably will struggle offensively against Iowa's defense. Most teams have, not named Ohio State. Uh, but you can't, just say, well, Iowa's not a very good offensive team. They're not going to score. And, you know, you're confident that Purdue will score. No. No. It just takes one busted play over the top, puts you in a hole. What if it's 10 nothing Iowa going into the middle of the second quarter and Purdue's offense just has not really done anything? You going to feel comfortable about that game at that point? Didn't think so. So, you know, Purdue needs to get out of the gate a little bit faster if they can. Uh, you know, we and over you know this season we've seen teams go down the field and score on Purdue on the first drive. Maryland did it, but you know, but Purdue rebounded. Uh, they didn't rebound today, so you know we've seen that happen. We've seen 
things like that. You know, Syracuse did it after um, uh, Purdue went for it on fourth down. They came down and scored. But um, so giving up an early touchdown really hasn't been a detriment to Purdue this year. Uh, but today they it didn't respond. The turnover, the pick six changed the game, in my opinion. And Purdue, you know, was basically out of it at that point. And couldn't recover. You know, the, Brandon Allen rushed for 100 and some yards. He had a big 61-yard run, or 41-yard run, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a dominating performance. Now, they, they, they rushed for nice yardage because the backup, I can't even pronounce his name, had a 54-yard run when, you know, Cam Allen looked like he was filling the gap, but just blew the tackle. And so they, they put up some yardage today on the ground. But, I, you know, I didn't think Purdue was awful in run defense um, today. Not, not like they have been against Wisconsin in the past. And they, they need to do a better job, yes. But, you know, after the first initial wave, I thought they got a handle on it until that long run and some other things happened. Uh, so that's kind of the state of this team right now. They're 5-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the league. Uh, everything's still ahead of them. Uh, you know, that's not supposed to be the rosy outlook and forget about what happened today because there are issues today that need to get cleaned up, but that's the reality of it. Purdue still controls its path to the Big Ten West, and um, if they go 4-0 in November, they'll win it. So that's, that's, that's reality. But, as I said, the biggest concern coming out of this is the health of the secondary and what's going to happen over the next two weeks with that position and what can they do about it. They have very limited options but at some point you got to trust guys to go out there and play. You got to prepare them to play, and then you got to trust them to go out there and do the job the best they can. And understand that there's going to be situations where they give up big plays because they will. But the starters have been giving up big plays as well. All righty. Um, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Uh, back, well, don't know if we'll have one in the off week. Maybe we can find somebody to talk to of just about stuff in general, <laughs> college football stuff in general. But if we don't do a podcast this week, then uh, obviously we'll have something during the Iowa week leading up to that game. And, you know, basketball is going to be starting soon. Uh, they have their secret scrimmage coming up. Uh, next Saturday against Cincinnati and Indianapolis. So we'll get some details on that. Pass those along via the, the Twitter hotline. And um, and then their exhibition game, I believe, is on November 2nd against Truman State. Uh, and then it's into the regular season. So the sports are going to overlap. It's going to get more busy. Uh, so appreciate you hanging in there and um, still following the work and checking the podcast. Uh, so, but anyway, have a good day. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Thanks.